0: Look, if there's one thing we can do by the end of this episode, it's to stop sending emails when you want to make a sale. If we stop doing that, we get to flip email marketing into the valuable content channel it can be.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. Hi, everyone. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. I have two individuals with me today where we're going to talk a little more deeply about one key component of nurturing the relationship with the people that are listening to your ideas and looking to possibly do business with you, as well as converting them into potential clients and continuing to have conversations with them once they are client. And I'm speaking here about email marketing. And I have two gentlemen here, which I like to label the red haired Rob and the platinum haired Kennedy who are joining me today. They are the founders of email marketing heroes. They're on a mission to save the world from that grubby old fashioned email marketing that a lot of us learn to hate, have an inbox filled with people that have been using techniques that we don't even want to hear from. And I believe for small businesses, there's a new way to do email marketing. They're also the host of the email marketing show podcast, and they're really here to help course creators that wanna learn their own marketing side and do it in a way that's fun, ethical, and actually works. And I'm so excited to have them join me on the show. Kennedy and Rob, welcome. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Guys, I have to start with the backstory because I love the history here, which is, uh, Rob, I believe you actually have a history being a comedy stage hypnotist. And Kennedy, you're a psychological mind reader. And so I'd love to know how this background actually supported you to make the transition into getting into email marketing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, I'm Rob, Rob with the red hair as you mentioned. Arthur Rob and Arthur Red, so that's the little clue there. Kennedy is good-looking and really funny one. We'll say the other one. I've been a hypnotist, as you mentioned, for the past, I don't know, maybe 18 years now. Lucky enough, I guess, to travel almost all over the world, doing my comedy hypnotism show, getting people on stage, hypnotising them to do crazy things, and then sending them back to the audience. Kennedy is a mind reader. Folks in the States might know that better as a mentalist. Basically uses skills of psychology and body language and reading people and statistics to make it look a lot like he can read people's minds. And that's really the closest thing to actually being able to read people's minds. And so we started in that business, that career, coming straight out of school for me and university for Kennedy again about 18 years ago and we really quickly realized that we'd accidentally started a business. We didn't want to have a business. We just wanted to do this thing that we'd learned while we were at school and we really wanted to do. And so suddenly we had to learn about pricing and positioning and branding and marketing and how can we charge decent money but still be busy and all of that stuff. And very early on we discovered this idea of email marketing, this idea that somebody could put their name and their email address in on a page and then we could send them live emails that we just write and send there and then or automated follow-ups, we could merge their name in. And this was like putting a man on the moon for us. Like this was the height of technology was the fact we could you know, mass send these emails and merge somebody's name in and we got very excited about it. And we just sort of independently started playing around with it just as teammates until eventually we swapped ideas and said, look, this is what I've been doing with email. This is what I've been doing with email. And we just started to love it. Before long, that led to other entertainers asking us how we were doing what we were doing with email because they'd been going a lot longer than us. A lot of them were a lot older than us. And so this email was like this newfangled technology thing that they'd never bothered to get into. And so we started teaching them what we were doing. And then eventually after a long time, like five or six years ago, somebody came to us and said, hey, would you come and speak at this marketing event? It's gonna be full of small business owners, everybody from a martial arts, studio owner through to somebody who makes and sells jewellery on the internet through to you know coffee shops and everything in between would you come and share your stuff with them and we were like okay feeling wholly unqualified to do that and speak to that crowd we went along showed them what we were doing they seemed to love it and so since then we founded email marketing heroes we still get to perform all the time although it's been a bit quiet through the pandemic, obviously. We still get to perform all the time. And then in between that, we run the business, have our podcast, The Email Marketing Show, and teach email marketing that doesn't make you want to be sick in your mouth for all kinds of small businesses.
1: I absolutely love that. And you mentioned something I want to expand upon, which is, The types of business that you decide to work with, you talk about like, you know, fitness studios, you talk about coffee shops, and I feel like there's an industry that's very online marketing. They already embrace emails. And I wanted to know for companies that might be like, yeah, no, email marketing is not for us. We're in a very different type of business. Maybe the online isn't as front facing. Is it true that they're disqualified from using this or are they missing out on a cool opportunity? What's amazing now is
0: how the world and how we as human beings have evolved to consume content and hear about stuff. How do we all hear about it? We scroll through our Instagram feeds. We do something on TikTok. I'm not sure what we do on TikTok. And we pretend we understand Clubhouse, or you know all those kind of things. But what hasn't really happened is a lot of people haven't evolved the way they use email to align with how we've all changed the way we consume content and take notice of stuff. And so that's why kind of one of the things that we... We really want people to realize is most people are checking their emails on their phone. If you're thinking when the person's receiving your emails that they're sitting down in their cubicle and they're checking their emails once a day because it's email o'clock, that's not the way it is anymore. It's not the good old days of IBM and really fancy mustaches. It's not those. What people are doing these days is they are checking their emails on their phone. Their email app is another app snuggled between TikTok and Tinder that people are expecting to get value and content from. And that's how we need to treat it. So if your audience has mobile phones, they do, then you can be communicating with them by email using that app that they all have on their phone. Because to get TikTok, to get Instagram, to get an account of any of these platforms, you need to have an email address to sign up. And to get people to go from their lives and to go and check out that photo they've been tagged in, or remember when Facebook first started and someone poked you on Facebook, how did they tell you and drive you to the platform? They did it by sending you an email about it. So, Email is the way that all of these platforms use to get you onto their platform. You don't get an email about your emails. You get an email about the other platforms, right? So whatever you're doing, online, offline, a coaching business in person, an online coaching business, a scaled business, coaching business, which is like courses or memberships or whatever your business looks like, your audience wants value. They're seeking value. And we can talk about what value is in a second, because if you ever try to sit down and write value, that's a sticky situation to find yourself in. But every single person wants to hear from you, but they want to do it a certain way and not in that obnoxious makes you want to vomit in your own mouth way that we're talking about before.
1: (laughs) I'm hearing a lot of this reinforcement about something that we're very disgusted about email, and I think we're all aware of it is our inbox is full. And I wanna address a bit of what's going on that makes us see it that way, feel that way. But I also wanna expand on the fact that I know for me, I've helped my family business, my father has a business and it's swimming pool retail. And it was so interesting to get into a market like that where what does internet have to do with it? What does email have to do with it? But just putting some simple things in the play, you're able to reach so much people, let them know when specials are happening. You can let them know when there's an offer, you can update them on when there's opening. And it's just a way of communicating that most people in the more traditional business have no idea the power that it has. And it truly brings attention to you, which is what we're all fighting for today, which is that wonderful attention. Which brings me to the problem. And you both have highlighted it, which is a lot of people are sick and tired of getting so many emails that are absolutely irrelevant standardize my inbox, you know, I have to spend clearing 50 to 70% of it of just crap that I receive. So what's going on? And if you're teaching us this, are we just gonna be another player adding to the crap pile? So the good news is that because the standard is so
2: low, you only have to be a little bit better than everybody else in order to really stand out. But here's the thing. The reason your inbox feels like it's full and the reason why it feels like you spend so much time clearing stuff down is because most of us end up being tricked onto people's email lists. Most of us don't join email lists that we want to be on. We join lists that we end up being on. So for example, you are you know browsing around and you're thinking about buying a, uh, you know, a new office chair and you find an office chair on the internet and you put your name and email address in because that's the... The first step of the checkout process. And then suddenly you're now on their newsletter. All you actually wanted to do was to buy a chair and you're probably not going to buy anything else from them for quite some time, but now you're on their email list. That doesn't happen when you go to the store, right? Usually if you go to the store and you walk in and you go, I just want the chair, they'll ask you if you want your email address, you can choose to give it to them. But if you don't, you're not on their email list. So the internet is full of things that are tricking people into giving our email addresses away. Even if you like land on a page giving away a lead magnet, and there's nothing fundamentally wrong with lead magnets, we use them, but if you land on a page where it says, do you want this free report? And you put your name and email address in, they send you the free report. And the next thing you know, you're receiving an email about whatever they happen to be sending an email about that day. Bonus three for this launch is going away and you've no idea what the launch is. You don't know what bonus one and two are, Never mind why bonus three is important. And so what we wanted to do is to flip this around so that actually what you want to do is build an email list of people who want to hear from you. Now, the minute you do that, there's a whole bunch of things happen. First of all, your emails stand out head and shoulders above everybody else's because they're looking for your name, landing in their inbox. If you're just fighting against all the other emails that they end up getting, what you're actually doing is you're just playing that game of top trump subject lines. You're just trying to make your subject line better, more inspiring, or catchy than everybody else's amongst a sea of people they don't want to hear from. But actually, when you're clearing down your inbox, what you tend to do is start with your eyes on the left and go down the from column, and you're looking for an email from your dad, your brother, your friend, you know, your partner. As you go down that list, initially, your brain's just looking for emails about stuff that's important. to emails that you're in conversation with, they're important, and then the rest of them, you're just gonna get rid of them. So what you want is for your name as a sender to become as, not as important as their dad, I'm sure, but like the next level down. You wanna become important so they're actually looking forward to receiving your emails. Now, this sounds crazy until you realize that subscribers are not Pokemon. You don't have to catch them all. The goal here is to keep a small audience. Like we run emailmarketingheroes.com. Our email list is less than 5,000 subscribers. We make a really good income from that. We don't need hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of subscribers. And we very intentionally keep that list clean and hygienic. The reason why it's less than 5,000, I can tell you that, is because that's when the next like, upgrade on our email marketing platform comes in. And whilst we're not really bothered about it because the return is great, I just happen to know that that's what we're keeping it below right now. And so what we're doing is we're constantly looking to just clean out the people who are not paying attention, allow people to unsubscribe at every opportunity. The first thing we do when somebody joins our list is put them through a little four-day welcome sequence that says, hey, this is who we are, this is why we're good, this is what you can expect, and here's why you should hang around. If none of that sounds okay, scroll down, click the unsubscribe button, that's totally fine. We'll part as friends. Unlike the old way of doing email marketing, where you hit 100 carriage returns at the bottom of your email to push the unsubscribe link right the way down to the bottom. That's a practice that we still see today. Terrible one. And so what you really want to do is allow people to unsubscribe if they don't want to be there. In fact, rejoice when they do. Love the people who want to hang around and build relationships with you and want to hear from you. And so the really first key is just to realise, actually... If I send emails that people want to receive to people who want to receive them, I care about them and they care about me. Well, now I'm not just battling against every other email landing in the inbox anymore. Now I'm just supplying my content to a bunch of people who mostly want it and the ones who don't unsubscribe. And that really pushes up the engagement rates. And it means people actually go and find your emails. If you ever miss a day, like Kennedy once missed a day sending his emails because he got caught on delayed flights back from Vegas to the UK and Wi-Fi and things, this is pre- every flight having Wi-Fi on the flight, Um, got home and there was a bunch of emails to his assistant saying, is Kennedy okay? I didn't get the email today. So that's what we're looking to architect here.
1: That's a very different paradigm than what most people would expect that we were going to be talking about today. Because a lot of people who call themselves marketing experts or email marketing expert are going to talk to you about like the top headlines. If you do this, if you add this word, if you add an emoji, you might get more of this, that. Is there still room for stuff like this? Or are we saying that we need to evolve way beyond and think of this way differently? Because I'm loving the conversation we're having right now. So
0: I think (laughs) the idea of that being actual magic words, we need to all remember that when none of us are Harry Potter and we can't cast a spell on our subscribers definitely not i mean are some things going to perform better than others should we be testing did this one work better than that one and do more of what works yeah that's marketing 101 can we mature past that to go and actually well i think there's a big thing which people say what's a really good subject line and that comes from the mindset of the subject line being the thing that gets your email opened your subject line is not the number one thing that gets your emails opened i know Like you're thinking, okay, you're supposed to be email marketing experts. I thought the subject line was that it's not. And as Rob hinted at before, the thing that gets your emails opened or destroyed or deleted or complained about is your name. I don't care what the subject line is. If my friend Jason here sends me an email and it doesn't even have a subject line in it, I'm still going to open the email If my mom sends me an email with no subject line in it, I'm going to open the email. So the subject line actually just tells the audience who have decided that they do care enough about wanting to open your emails, why this email is different, what it might be about. It gets those people to open those emails. But here's a big thing that we see happen all the time. People say, okay, we've got to get the email open at any cost. And that usually leads to people putting misleading subject lines in, which means you feel tricked into opening that email. So, like, I got an email just not that long ago. Well, it was the beginning of COVID pandemic. And it was a subject line from a really big marketing person, a guru, if you want to use the word, right? Self-proclaimed, of course. And they said, like, the subject line was something like, my friend died of COVID. I was like, holy crap. Okay. So I opened the email and he's like, well, he didn't exactly die, but, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not okay. Like, you can't be like pulling that to get me to open the email because then what happens is people feel that they've had the wool pulled over their eyes and we're trying to build trust. That's what we're trying to do. The long game of email is not to get people to buy, die or unsubscribe. It's to get them to stick around so that at the moment, look, if there's one thing we can do by the end of this episode, it's to stop sending emails when you want to make a sale. If we stop doing that, we get to flip email marketing into the valuable content channel it can be. Instead, we wanna send emails so at the moment someone is ready to buy, you are there. You are there, you've built up the relationship, you've built up the trust, you've built up the knowledge, you've built up the desire, you've done all of these things. Hoodwinking people into opening your emails so they immediately feel let down is a bit like putting a photo of somebody else on your Tinder profile. Why the hell would you do that? It's insane. Would someone get more data to put Jason's photo on their Tinder profile? Rob would, you know? So like that <laughs> that's kind of how it is. But when he gets there, are they going to be disappointed? Probably. So instead, what we're going to look at, stop looking at open rates. Look at how many people click the links in your emails. In order to do that, you got to do two things. One, you've got to make sure that the intention with which someone opens your emails is not to be tricked. It's to further that relationship, to understand the story that you're telling, that you've started telling the subject line. The second thing you've got to do is put links in your emails because that's something you can actually track. You can't track open rates anyway. Because of Apple launching iOS 15, They're marking every email as opened. Android are marking every email pretty much as unopened and blocking the technology. So it's definitely all wrong. So why don't we look at the things we can track, which means you've got to put links in emails. Put links in emails, what happens? People click them. That means you know they click them because we can report that. Secondly, it means when people click links and emails, what are they doing? They're going to your website. They can't buy anything from your emails, but they can buy stuff from your website. So they're actually going to be there, right? So let's flip that around completely to be valuable and moving people to getting onto your web pages, checking out your podcast. I know you don't have to sell in every email. You have to make an offer in every email though, right? Otherwise, if you're not training people to click, you're training them not to click. You want that subconscious reaction that somebody has when they see a link from you to be going, every time I click on that person's emails, on the link in that person's emails, I get something good. It might be, We send emails to our products. Of course we do. But we also send people a link to, hey, what about this thing? We discuss that more on this week's episode of the Email Marketing Show podcast. And we give them a link straight over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever we're taking it, right? Or it could be to your blog or to your YouTube channel, wherever it's gonna be, your Instagram or whatever. So let's think of it as a channel where we give value in the actual email. And then we also send people to get even more value. And sometimes it's paid for, and sometimes it's ungated.
1: I feel like you both are creating the type of intervention that is really, really necessary in email marketing in the same way that I'm trying to make a paradigm shift happen when it comes to selling. So I can see why you would be email marketing heroes because I think someone needs to save everyone from learning the bad methods. And similarly to you, Kennedy, I had one of those gurus who made an offer and it was a really good offer and decided to sign up. I think I received six emails in 24 hours so many of those emails that came in and I was like, what the hell is this? Do I want to keep learning from this person? Or is that someone that's a relict of a time that I don't even appreciate, want to see and kind of ruined it for everyone and then trained a bunch of people to duplicate that BS, right? to get 50% off. That's code SELLINGWITHLOVE50 at factormeals.com slash SELLINGWITHLOVE50, and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. So if I'm listening to this and I'm like, gentlemen, I'm on board. Now I can see that if I did emails this way, it might actually be a little more interesting to do. What would be some of the foundational things that you feel should be in place? Like I'm thinking even myself, I feel like I'm quite weak at my email marketing. I have to admit, I don't have like a nurturing sequence at the beginning. Matter of fact, I probably only email recently because I wanted people to know that my book was coming out. And whenever I do free challenges and I get people to kind of sign up to it. What would be some of the lowest hanging fruit people should be paying attention to that can probably give them a lot of results when it comes to building trust and engagement with their subscribers? Well, this is a really interesting
2: thing. But one of the things we would definitely recommend that you do, and this sounds crazy, I know, but to stop sending emails about the product, services, challenges, books, things that you've got going on, and instead use email as a channel to communicate with people every day or three times a week or four times a week or whatever, and when you've got something to sell, then you can tell them about it. And this sounds crazy, but one of the things people say, because we email our list every single day, 365 days of the year, and in 100% of the cases where somebody has chosen to do that, they've seen a better result. And again, we're talking about coffee shop owners, we're talking about martial arts studios, which I think the ones that are really obvious in my head from people we've spoken to recently, 100% of cases have found that this works better if they email as often as every single day. So... One of the things that allows you to do, people say, oh my God, I don't want to be that salesy and in people's inbox all the time. But the truth is, if you email every single day, that actually makes you less salesy. Because one of the things that tends to happen is that if you are, you know, somebody joins your list and then you ghost them like a terrible date and then they don't hear from you for three months until it's launch time and then suddenly you're all over their inbox for a bit and sending six emails in 24 hours, they're suddenly going to go, oh my God, this guy, this girl, this person only emails me when they've got something for sale and that's really salesy. Whereas if you're like a constant part their life. Every day you pop in with a little short tip, story, idea, anecdote, or piece of inspiration to help them with email marketing, selling, with, you know, bakery, flour arranging, whatever it is that you do sell or teach, then actually you're like a human of value all the time. And when you've got something for sale, you can mention it. And interestingly, what we found is that this really buys us quite a lot of forgiveness when we do want to be salesy. So like every now and then, I'm not going to lie, we do do a promotion and we might close with, uh, never six, but like maybe three emails over the course of the day on the closing day, like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one an hour before the offer closes. Cause we don't want anyone to like come back to us the next day, still happens, but we try and mitigate people coming back to us the next day and say hey I missed it can I buy the answer of course is no and so what we wanted to do is that buys us quite a lot of forgiveness because we're there all the time just providing value and being cool and doing stuff so the way that we do that is we stop emailing about our products rather than saying hey do you want to buy this here's another testimonial do you want to buy it now here's another reason to buy it there's a bonus if you buy it today do you want to buy it yet do you want to buy it yet you didn't want to buy it yesterday do you want to buy it today instead of doing that we turn up every day and talk about stuff that's going on Some. For email marketing heroes, I write most of our emails. So they come from me and they're about weird, quirky things or interesting things or sad things or angry things that have happened, usually in the last 24 hours. So here's a little trick that we use to do that. I sit down to write the email and I say, right, what's the least boring thing that's happened to me in the last 24 hours? Not what's the most interesting thing, because that leads your brain into thinking, well, nothing interesting ever happens to me, which is what we all think. So what's the least boring thing that happened to me or in my world or within my vision In the last 24 hours. So for example, it might be that Kennedy and I have just decided that we're about to start drinking our lunches, which is what we're doing now every day, instead of eating a meal because it's quicker, more efficient and technically healthier than the rubbish that we used to eat for lunch. And we've decided to do that because we've got a photo shoot coming up in a couple of weeks and it's time to get a bit more in shape before the photo shoot happens. There's the little story. It's got nothing to do with email marketing at all. It's just a thing that happened. We both decided to move to liquid lunches. So that's that. Then we transition from the little story into a little lesson. So what's the moral of that story as it applies to the thing that's of interest to your people? So if you're selling like a course or a membership or something, it's to do with the thing you teach. If you're selling a physical product or service, then it's to do with how they can most benefit from the things that relate to that product or service. So if you sell dog beds, it's going to be about having a healthy, happy, well-rested dog. So we go from the story into some little lessons. So S for story, L for lesson. So the lesson there might be, We could have taken our health seriously at any time, but no, no, we waited until our backs were against the wall and we had a photo shoot coming up and we wanted to look our best with healthy skin and lose a bit of weight. Loads of people do that with their email marketing. They wait and leave their list to wither and die until they've got a launch happening, and then suddenly they've got to try and ring that email list for everything that it's worth and try and cram it in. It's not a good way to live. Instead, you should be emailing your list all the time. That way, they're always ready to hear from you, etc. So now I've taken the story, which is actually nothing to do with email. It's about health and fitness and all that stuff, the thing we know little about, related it to email marketing, but the story itself is what we're looking to do is look after the emotional needs of our audience. So our audience are mostly small solopreneurs, one man, one woman, maybe two man, two women businesses working from home. And so they all care about the same things. They care about preparing for the tax bill that's coming at the end of the year that they know they're never prepared for. They care about the fact that every time they get on a Zoom call, the Amazon delivery driver seems to turn up at just the wrong moment. They care about the productivity of working from home when you've got kids and dogs and partners and stuff running around. They care about all of those things and way, way more. So we want to look after the emotional needs of those people so we tell the little story that does that then we tell a little lesson as it relates to the thing we actually teach or sell or do and then we transition into the third part which is the o of slo which is offer which is if you want to know more about how we're doing this with email come and join our membership the league or you know if you want to know the four essential email campaigns you need to have to do this come and check out the latest episode of the email marketing show and that's where the offer comes in that kennedy talked about so for us it's really not about sending emails that are sales emails They are selling, but they're not like, hello, do you want to buy the thing yet? Most of the time, like probably 80% of the year, we're sending these story-driven, empowering, emotionally engaging and interesting emails that are there so that the minute somebody's in the right frame of mind at the right time with the right priorities to buy, they can. And then the other 20% of the year, like maybe once every four to six weeks when you've got a campaign or a promotion or a launch or a challenge or a book or something that you're doing, You can be a bit more salesy. You can just come out the gate and say, hey, I've got this thing because you're using the rest of the year to keep them nurtured. Now, that's not to say you don't make sales the rest of the year. Of course you do because that's there to make it up to people when the time is right for them. Maybe the time wasn't right for them during a launch. Maybe the time wasn't right for them when they first joined your list, but it could be in three months' time, six months' time, 12 weeks' time, whatever. That's three months, whatever. And then those emails keep them warm in those times.
0: And here, what's really interesting about doing that is that actually doing this methodology increases your open rate and the number of people actually opening your emails. The reason for that is if I know that every time this person sends an email to me, it's just telling me about the latest discount or the latest product or the latest thing they've got to sell me. The only time I'm going to open that email is when I'm thinking about buying the thing. So it doesn't matter how much time that person has spent crafting this amazing sales argument in their email and their their copywriting is great and they've got urgency. It doesn't matter because the only people seeing that message are the people who are already in the consideration phase of actually purchasing. Whereas if your emails are valuable in and of themselves, you're actually going to get more people in an earlier stage in the buying journey to actually consume those emails because they know they don't have to buy. So that means it's actually worth you spending that time understanding how to improve your emailing skills and all the effort that you put into them because more people are seeing it, which means it's going to have more effect on more people.
1: I actually love how prescriptive you've shared it with us on how we can actually structure those emails and get us started in doing it in a healthier way. But I have to admit, I had a bit of a i don't know is it a fear a worry that committing to a daily email feels like extra work right and i'm also afraid that if i maybe start doing a daily email that i'll quickly drop off if i find myself getting busy not have built the habit is the daily habit one of those habits that you feel is one of the most important habits or do you have scaled down versions that you recommend or maybe suggest to people to maybe scale up to a daily email i just want to hear those thoughts because when I heard daily email, I was like, oh, this sounds like it creates a problem in my life, but maybe it's a problem worth having because the benefits are great. Yeah,
0: so the thing is, I've got a thing I'm supposed to do in our business every fourth week. And every fourth week, someone on our team goes, Kennedy, have you done that thing? I go, no, not yet. But I will, I'll remember, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it later. It's very easy for something that's not that frequent to slip and not become a habit. The reason you remember to brush your teeth, the reason that you take a shower every day is because it's built into what you do. So should you go from a cadence of emailing whenever or once a month to every single day? Please, no, please don't do that. That would really, really hurt a lot of things. Your relationship, your subscribers, your deliverability, your spam score, all of that technical stuff might become tricky. So what do you do? How do you actually transition? The first thing is, just think about your frequency as a relationship with your subscribers. The number one reason people complain and unsubscribe from people is because they've forgotten who that person is and how they ended up in their world, how they end up on their email list. That's the number one cause of spam complaints from legitimate senders is I mean, I got an email from somebody this morning. I'm like, I don't even remember signing up this person's email list. Why? I looked it up. The last time they emailed me was just six days ago. I'm busy. I speak to a lot of people. Your subscribers do the same thing. We all meet new people all the time because we're in business. Our job is to meet lots of new people. So emailing more often actually has a whole bunch of great things. But also I'm going to share with you some options and also how to increase that frequency. The great thing about emailing them often is one, yes, it becomes that habit. I do mine. I wake up in the morning. I'm one of those really annoying early morning people. My girlfriend hates it for it. She's early morning, but not as early as me. So I'm at five 30, get out of bed while the kettle is boiling to make my first cup of tea of the day. I flip open my laptop at the kitchen bench and I stand there and I type the email and I don't pull that. Cup of tea until it's sent. Now, I started writing every single day because I'm dyslexic and I find writing and reading naturally much more difficult than people who are not dyslexic or don't have another condition like this, right? So I did it as a kind of like to prove to myself I could do it. And it started off that it took me about 20 minutes a day to write it. And if it's the most profitable thing you can do, which email marketing has been said over and over again to be the most profitable thing that any business can do of any stage, regardless of how long you've been in business and regardless of market, email marketing is number one thing. So if you can spend 20 minutes a day doing the thing that makes the most money in the world, that's a really good investment of time for me, right? Because how many of us as business owners go, oh, I'm really frustrated. I haven't made sales today or this week. And then you ask yourself this question, what did I do to make a sale this week? there's an interesting moment there for us to have a realization of going, uh, oh, I did lots of Instagram posts. That was quite, I had lots of meetings, you know. Anyway, so I'm going to spend 20 minutes doing that thing. Now I'm at the point where I do it in like three and a half, four minutes a day. And that is when I'm filling the kettle, I'm thinking, what's the least boring thing that happened the last 24 hours? Work out that then I put the kettle on and now it's boiling. I flip open the laptop and I write that story. As I'm writing that story, I'm not thinking about what's the lesson. I'm not thinking about what the offer is. I'm just thinking about the story. As the story comes out of my fingers, I'm then thinking, well, I know my audience. So what do they need to hear from? What's the moral of this story? And then that comes down to another couple of lines. And then I transition into, if you want to make this easier or faster, or you want the details of this, this is where you go. You're building it up with the least amount of cognitive resistance. That's what we're looking for here psychologically. We want to burn the least number of mental calories in order to do this. Otherwise, you just won't do it. So if we can spend, to begin with, 20 minutes a day. Later on, maybe three and a half, four minutes. You might not be dyslexic, so maybe you'll find it even faster. You might be a really good typist. I don't know. You might even get it faster. That's a really profitable thing to do. The other thing is, is you don't have to do it every single day. You might do it Monday or Friday, five days a week. That's totally cool. You might do it three days a week. Honestly, from the tests we've done, which are significant with our members and our audience and people in our world, if you're emailing less than three times a week, you are definitely, definitely leaving significant sales on the table definitely 100%. Because if somebody went on a date with you, there seems to be a dating sort of analogy going along throughout this Tinder year and all that sort of stuff. I don't know why that is, but it's just kind of where we're gone today. Hey-ho, there you go. So if you're on a date with somebody and they only text you the next week, you probably are not in a relationship with that person, right? And it's certainly not going to go anywhere. That's not how this works, right? But Let's say right now you're emailing once and whenever or once a month or once a week. How do you move? All right, cool. The first thing you want to do is don't apologize. My first ever online product that I sold for 69 pounds, which is about $90, something like that, was an email every single day for 28 days i sold that as a product so you turning up and giving these pieces of value and bear in mind using the story lesson offer slo framework you are always outweighing value to offer two to one automatically without having to think about whether it's a promotional day or not today it's not a value day or an offer day it's all of those things at once outweigh two to one but what that means is you can now tell people hey I wanna serve you more. So instead of emailing you once a month or once in a blue moon, I'm actually gonna show up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Monday to Friday, or every single day. I'm gonna give you a tip, a piece of value, every single day It's gonna help you to whatever it is you help people do. And there's no charge for this. That's great. You're basically coaching people at scale with these soft stories and soft lessons every single day, and you're not charging them for it. That's amazing. And because I'm going to be changing things up, I realize this won't be for everyone. That's cool. It starts on Monday, the 1st of whatever. If between now and then you think, heck, I don't want that value. No problem. Here's the link for you to leave my email list. It's no problem. You can unsubscribe. I don't mind. It's totally cool. But I'd love you to stick around and join the journey. And you can unsubscribe at any time. Now you can do some kind of like launch towards that fact that, ooh, coming up soon, I'm going to be emailing you value every day. It's going to start. And you can get people excited about it rather than resistant. This is a valuable, valuable thing. That also happens to not take you very much time and be really easy for
1: you to do. Rob kennedy thank you so much for giving such a great template prescription and absolutely shifting the way that we should be looking at email which i think is the foundation of what we really wanted to do today I hope for everybody listening, you realize that emails can be a fun and exciting thing, especially when you learn from people like Kennedy and Rob who brought all of their energy to make sure that we had a different shift in perspective on how emails work and realize that this can be value first. It doesn't need to be the salesy stuff that the majority of the crap in your email looks like, you wanna do differently. And just like how I advocate for selling with love, saying that we might encounter a lot of negative sales, but we can do better, Emails is one of the most powerful channels to grow your business, and you can do it with love as well when you follow the tips from email marketing heroes. Now, gentlemen, I do want to make sure we close this with the one question I love to ask all my guests, and I'm going to start with you, Rob, which is what does selling with love mean to you? I think it's about knowing that the thing that you've got to deliver
2: is actually going to help people, and therefore you can feel good about offering it to them, and they can feel good about receiving it. Like I love buying stuff. I absolutely adore spending money far too much. I like spending money far too much. And I like giving it to the people that I want to buy from. So like I went to the Apple store the other day. I bought like a new phone case on my phone with the little magnetic thing on it. That was like £120. Like that's far too much money for a phone case. You could buy a cheap one for seven quid on the internet. I like the brand. I like the woman in the shop. I like everything about it. And therefore I like it. So for me, it's about creating an environment where people love to buy from you. And therefore you can love selling and know that it comes from a really good place.
1: I absolutely love that. And Kennedy, how about you? What does selling with love mean to you? For me, actually, it's about
0: making it unconditional.
1: Because sometimes
0: you're going to have conversations with people who do want to buy from you. In the same fact, like I remember, like I wasn't always really easily lovable as a teenager growing up, but my mum still loved me. Well, she tells me she does. Anyway, and I believe her. So, but it's that unconditional love of like I love what I'm doing. I love sharing the knowledge that I've got or the thing I've got to share, and It's unconditional whether the person is ready for that information right now, whether they're ready to buy it right now. We meet people every week who are like, I know I need to sort out my email marketing, but I'm currently focused on this. And they expect us to come back and tell them why they need to join right now. And we don't. We're like, it's fine. We're going to keep producing the email marketing show. We're going to keep having our podcast. We're going to keep having our Facebook group. We're going to keep producing stuff for other people. And when or if it's right for you, you can engage in it. And
1: that's totally
0: fine. But we're going to do it unconditionally
1: rob kennedy thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all the practical advice things that we can definitely apply and you came with so much energy made it fun and for all of you listeners you definitely need to go to emailmarketingheroes.com and you're going to want to subscribe to their emails so you can start getting these daily stories tips things that are offers that will actually provide you tons of value because you've heard it from them first right here knowing that when you subscribe to that email it might be the one that you look forward to reading more than your father (laughs) with that being said thank you so much everybody for tuning in gentlemen thank you so much for sharing and of course keep selling with love and of course keep sending love via email as well thank you so much everyone i am your host jason mark campbell and this is the selling with love podcast